right, let's do this thing. So welcome to Your Story Global. My name is Gordon Graham. This is my very first interview that I'm doing for YSG. And what a, what a story we're going to start with today. 2020, what a year it was. At the start of 2020, we were all happy and excited about a year ahead. Some of us, like me, were looking forward to all these plans that we'd made. And then in March came the pandemic. Well, it actually started before that, but it sort of started becoming serious in uh, March of 2020, where nations around the world went into lockdown and we were all left wondering what on earth is going to happen uh, in the future. Lots of uncertainty. And some of us were stuck far away from home. And that brings me to the young man that I'm speaking to tonight. And I'm so excited to welcome him. Uh, Cleon, it's so good to have you, Mr. Papa Dimitro. Uh, you are in uh, Berlin at the moment, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Now, um... very, very interesting story that you have. And, and I, I work with your dad quite well and, and quite good friends with your dad. And when he was telling me the story, we were having a beer after, after an event that we did. And he was telling me your story. And I was just like, this is insane. Uh, basically 48 days to travel 2200 miles about three and a half thousand kilometers to get home from scotland where you were at the time we'll get into that in a second but let's just start with you and get a little bit of a background tell us more about yourself where were you born where'd you go to school and uh, what are you doing with your life i was born and raised uh, in athens um i'm 22 years old now um, and after I finished uh, high school in, uh, in Greece, I moved to Scotland. I was studying uh, engineering there. Um, and that uh, carried on from 2018 through the pandemic on to 2022. Yes. Yeah. Um, and after that, uh, I moved here in Berlin. Now I'm working as an engineer happily kind of uh, enjoying the, the first few steps into adult life and uh, seeing where it takes me. I think when I met you, it was 2019 when I did an event with your dad in Costa Navarino in Greece. And I think you were just home for a short visit then. Uh, hard to be away from mom and dad and go and experience the world or are you loving the adventure? Uh, you know, I love the adventure. I was uh, lucky enough that uh, from from fairly young, I was sent off to, uh, to camps and, and things. So I was used to being away for... From family for a little while and then it's just kind of extrapolating that and taking it to the next step it was never difficult but i did miss i did uh, miss uh, the food quite a bit yeah and i tell you what when i was in greece a couple of couple of weeks ago man the food is good and i've ate way too much of it very hospitable people the greeks I i'm glad you talk about that sense of adventure because if it wasn't for that sense of adventure you probably wouldn't have taken on the challenge that you did to get home in the midst of a pandemic let's just rewind to the start of 2020 and uh, just chat about uh, how the pandemic unfolded for you when did you start hearing about the pandemic and when did you start thinking, hang on, this this could actually be a problem? Around January, the end of January is probably when I uh, kind of picked up on the on the pandemic a little bit. I I had my suspicions that it was going to get a little bit serious, obviously not to the extent that I it did, um, but it was around um, I think mid March where flights started getting cancelled. Uh, countries started closing up and I started realizing that maybe I wouldn't uh, be able to get a flight home. What was going through your mind? Uh, were your friends uh, that were staying with you in the student accommodation, were they all going home? And, and, and what were you thinking? Were you thinking, I need to get out of here? Or were you thinking, now I'll just ride this up? 
most of them were were staying there i was i was actually having a blast um you know exams got cancelled yeah. you have to stay home and uh, i was just uh, i was just enjoying hanging out with friends but i think it was after about 20 days of that that you know you start thinking okay what next and and how long and uh, i don't want to be here for the rest of the summer so i kind of need to uh do something else and get home and and did you first start looking at the traditional ways of going home like booking a flight or maybe uh, catching a couple of trains to get through europe and then and then some other way of getting home and uh, is that the first step you took well so i had my flights cancelled and i was trying to uh to to change them but after that um through the futile like i kind of let it go the first alternative that i jumped to as a joke uh was to walk home and uh, that was inspired um from uh, my grandfather who back in his day had gone from athens to germany somewhere in germany i'm not sure uh with a moped and so it was my way of one upping that i guess um <laughs> and uh I, i was joking with my father um but uh he said not to walk he said cycle it and it was it was a fairly short call we hung up but that that thought kind of stayed in my head uh for the next few days if you're going to cycle three and a half thousand kilometers or 2197 miles you need a decent bicycle was that next on the list of things to do i need a decent bicycle that's not going to kill me well to be honest i had really uh greatly underestimated what i would need and how long it would take um and how uh difficult it would be i had a very cheap bicycle Uh, it was rusty it was it, it was falling apart and i had to modify so that i could get uh uh all the equipment on but i thought that would make it and it was only after um my parents gave me an ultimatum that if i was going to do it i would need a better bicycle um uh, that I, i you know i uh, i got a new one but that was only 10 days before i left i had everything else uh, planned out yeah and then i got the bicycle last Talk to us about those plans. Uh, how do you plan for a journey that you may not, I mean, you don't, you, as you say, you weren't entirely sure how long it was going to take you, but you must have had a route in mind and you must have had a certain time for each day that you would be cycling and maybe a, the odd race day here and there. How long did it take you to plan and what was the planning about? So I was, I was planning for about two to three weeks beforehand. And the only thing that I planned correctly was the first half of the route. Everything else was, I was fairly off by a considerable margin. I thought the trip would take me two weeks. I thought worst case scenario, it would take me three weeks. Wow. Way off. Wow. But wow. Um, yeah. the one thing that I, I did uh, fairly intelligently is identify what I could consume for the entire um, trip. And that was the kind of lightest things, the most calorie dense things that I could find. That was peanut butter, uh, white bread, and uh, canned sardines. <laughs> um, Delicious. But other than that, I had I had a, a basic route outline, the major cities and, and stops in between, um, only till about um, halfway uh, of the route done. And then everything else, as soon as I started, 
did not turn out so well. I just had to abandon a lot of uh, uh, my expectations and kind of adjust on the fly. When, when you say that uh, you know you had the first half of the route planned out and uh, you'd worked out how many calories you needed, what kind of foods you could take, I would assume you would have taken uh, like a, a, at least some some changes of clothing, uh, maybe something to sleep in, because you know you, you were very unsure as you went into each country what would be open and what you would be you know would you be able to find a, a room in a hotel if you could or would that not be a possibility? There's a lot of logistics that went into this. Yeah, correct. Um, so I couldn't stay in uh, hotels, Airbnbs, uh, or any accommodation really, because uh, other than being too expensive and I didn't have the money, um, things were closed because of the lockdown. Um, I got a tent, one man tent. I got a sleeping bag, um, and I got some changes uh, of clothing. I think it was honestly two changes and then just just underwear, um, and. You know all the little things for the bicycle, spare tires, just the, yeah, the basic yeah. tools, the chain things, and uh, and water. Other than that, I I honestly tried to take as little as possible with me. I didn't want to carry the weight. All right, let's let's talk about the start of the journey. What was the first country, and what was the route on on day one? Day one, you're setting out. You're okay. I'm going to take this thing on. It's going to take me two to three weeks. Where did you go? So I started from Aberdeen, Scotland, and my goal was to get to just before Edinburgh. It's um, give or take 200 kilometers. That was the plan for the first day. And so I started not very early in the morning, not very late. And it, it was a cold day. In the middle of the day, it got a little bit sunnier and I started feeling uh, a little bit uh, happier, a little bit uh, optimistic. Um, and towards the end of the day, um, the weather got a little bit worse and it reflected my mood quite, uh, quite accurately. In fact, I got hail and I got snow oh. and I was not even halfway there. Oh. So I got, I got to Dundee, which is about halfway between, uh, Aberdeen and Edinburgh. And I was completely spent. The sun was, uh, creeping over the horizon and I was, uh, starting to realize that it maybe wasn't such a smart idea and i was i think for the last uh, two three hours of the nine hour day that i was cycling i was on the verge of tears and i remember calling my father and telling him i don't think it's gonna work out no. uh, i don't know where to stay because obviously i've planned to stay in a forest near edinburgh and i'm halfway there i don't know where i'm going to stay so um i went to a to a very small park uh, just on the outskirts of the city and I set up camp behind the bush next to a public path and I thought you know whatever I'm just gonna have my food go to sleep because I'm completely tired and I'll decide tomorrow it was, it was a very difficult day and I remember I'm, waking I'm up sure. I could not believe the situation I was in I thought I'm the world's biggest idiot I mean I thought let me start and see how far I can get. I didn't think I was going to be able to get home. Uh, after the first day, having not even done 50% of what I expected to do, I thought, this is a disaster. Uh, but I thought, let me see how far I can take it. Let's just see. Maybe it's not going to be uh, all the way to Greece. Maybe it's not going to be all the way to London. Maybe I'm just going to do 200, 300 kilometers and it's going to be a fun adventure. Um, but I was very upset. 
I was very upset. I was very uncertain. And, you know, when you don't know what, where you're going to sleep that night, what yeah. you're going to eat, um, how you're going to get home, and you have no one really to support you, um, at least in person, it's, it's fairly stressful. It was very new to me. What were your parents saying at this point? I mean, they they must have been, and I know your parents, and and uh, you know they love their children. They must have been very stressed out. If they were, which they were, I just uh, I didn't know it then. Um, they didn't tell me. They didn't let it show, and I think that did help me a little bit. Um, my mother tends to be a little more um, prone to to stress and uncertainty. My father, I guess. Uh, he was also stressed, but I think he trusted me to to stay safe and to kind of work things out. And so with that in mind, they just kind of advised me and uh, hoped that I would figure figure a way out, I guess. So you woke up on day two thinking, okay, let's just see how far we can go. Let's take a little bit of the pressure off, which is probably the best thing you could have done because I kind of feel like you placed expectations on yourself on day one. And when you didn't hit those expectations, there was disappointment. So day two, you wake up, better mindset. Okay, going to see how far I can go. How did day two go? I mean, it was was it better? Did you just start to relax and enjoy the ride? Or, or were you still thinking, what am I doing? So I only started relaxing after day three on day two i was still thinking you know what cut your losses it's just the first day we're you know we're going to get into it let's uh let's make up the, the kind of lost time for yesterday the lost distance um i was upset i was still not able to relax i you know i had a target to meet and uh, i was trying i was trying to get there i remember very vividly after Dundee so I've, now I've just passed Dundee but I'm still on the outskirts and I was cycling and the weather was very nice it was very sunny um people were out and about walking I woken up very late actually because I was very tired um and I was you know with, with my bicycle and I was cycling at a fairly comfortable speed and I was just crying and people could see me and I didn't care I was just sad and I was crying and I was psyched, but I was thinking, whatever. It's a bad start, but after a while, you get the endorphins from the exercise and you kind of, the mood uh, improves, you eat a little bit and things get better. And so on on the second day, I managed to get to, uh, to Edinburgh and I managed to camp where I was intending to camp on day one. Um, and it was, it was a nice forest and I, I really like nature and I think that really kind of helped me relax a little bit. I think if I was in, you know, in another park in the city, I would have gone crazy. Uh, but I was, I was alone. It was quiet. It was dark. And I was just kind of sitting, looking at the trees, thinking, you know, this is not a great situation. I'm very tired, but at least it looks nice. And so the, the second day, I was able to enjoy, I guess, some of the some of the ride. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't so stressful, but I was still feeling a lot of pressure. Um, and then I'll jump to the third day, which is when things changed. On the third day, in my original forecast, I'm supposed to get to kilometer 600. Now I have done about 200 kilometers, and the weather is not looking too good. Um, I don't know how many kilometers I cycled before uh, 
um, uh, not a storm, but quite heavy rain came. And I was stuck under a bridge standing because there was nowhere to sit for about uh, two hours, two and a half oh, hours. Wow. Oh, wow. And uh, it, it, it completely threw me off. And that's when I called my father. I told him, look, I don't think it's going to work out. I, I don't see a way that I'm going to do it. And he told me, let it go. Just cycle, do as much as you can do and, you know, take it day by day. Don't focus on the distance. And it was a bit of a hard pill to swallow, but I, I did have to, um, I didn't have an option. There wasn't anything else I could do. Yeah. So that day I did 60 kilometers, way under uh, what I was supposed to do. Um, but it was the, the first day in, I guess, the, 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 the first day of plan B. And that's when I, I started enjoying it a little bit more. Now, keep in mind that it was still stressful because of COVID. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't able to do a lot of things. I didn't have a lot of comfort. Um, but at least I wasn't losing time. It was just a trip. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it was a race where you had to be at a certain checkpoint by a certain time. At that point, I, I kind of think that was the best thing you could have done was just see how far you can go every day and then reset yeah. and start again the next day. Uh, talk to us about border crossings. What was your first border crossing and, and, and what was that like? Was it was it stressful? Because, I mean, at the time, not only at homes and cities and towns were locked down, but borders were pretty much shut. So how, how did you how did you navigate through those border crossings? Which, uh, you know, what was the first one and which one was the most difficult for you? of all of them that you did so my first border crossing was on the 19th of may um i started on the 19th of may i started uh from leeds i set off and i intended to get to hull about 100 kilometers away and take a ferry there to rotterdam now um the only two conditions under which I could enter the Netherlands were if I was a Dutch national or if I was uh, transiting into Germany. I was transiting into Germany. Slowly. And very slowly, <laughs> yes. I was very careful not to bring that up. Um, but legal within yes. certain limits. And so um, the only uncertainty was whether I would make it to the ferry and whether they would, um, you know, let me in given the, my condition, my situation. Um, coincidentally, that day was my 20th birthday. Oh, wow. So I set off, I cycled uh, 100 kilometers. That day I did, it was the 10th day of the trip. So I had relaxed for about the seven days between day three and uh, day 10. But that day I had a little bit of pressure. Um, I remember it was a fairly gentle 100 kilometers, very flat. But um, when I got to Hull, I got a little bit lost on the port. I wasn't sure where to go. Um, but eventually I, yeah, I found the, the, the right place. I, I got my ticket and I snapped a very uh, iconic photo that seems to be in, in all the articles. And uh, I got on the boat and got to my cabin and I celebrated. It was it was a very important milestone to me. I think uh, I kind of earned the whole uh, 
I earned the um, the ferry ride, yeah. The ticket and and yeah, yeah, the ferry ride was was my present, I guess. Right, right. Happy birthday! And, and I, <laughs> exactly. I, I I do feel like I earned that. And... Uh, was this was this way when I was chatting to your dad and and he was telling me about this crazy experience? He was saying he was on the phone to you. Was this was this where where that was where you were rushing for the ferry and he was on the phone listening to hear whether or not you'd got onto the ferry. Exactly, exactly. So I had them on the phone, and I was I was wearing my headphones while I was uh, while I was uh, on the counter speaking speaking with the lady, and I was kind of mumbling um, to him what was going on yeah. uh, as he was on the other side of the phone. And I, I was when when she gave me my ticket, I was calm. I said thank you, and I went away. And it was only that I was outside that I kind of. Um, took out my uh, my excitement i guess yes 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 um, that yes it was that moment it's beautiful I, you know he was sharing the story with me about how relieved he was when when he heard you say okay i'm on the boat dad everything's good uh, so you're on the ferry you go into uh, the netherlands you went into into netherlands and there from there you crossed to where from there i crossed through uh, to nettental in germany it's a small uh, small town um i think i was in the netherlands for four days and i campsites were open then so i was able to go i was no longer doing uh wild camping so i had some some comforts yeah um and i crossed into germany and then i kept heading east i think the first big city that i went to was uh, cologne and uh, from there, I just followed the Rhine down all the way to, uh, well, not to, it doesn't go through Stuttgart, but I got to Stuttgart and there, um, I stayed with my grandmother oh, for, nice. uh, for a week and that was where I got some, some proper rest, even though I, at that point I had had a few days where I didn't cycle. I took some days off. Um, I was able to properly relax in Stuttgart for the first time. So, I mean, I bet you your grandmother was very excited to, to have you there. And uh, at this point, you were probably starting to attract some attention from people around you going, what is this young Greek man up to? And, and what's, you know, uh, were people asking you questions when they were seeing you cycling? Were they, were they interested? Were they curious as to what you were doing? I was getting, I was getting, so back then, it hadn't really picked up as a story. Um, people who uh, knew me and friends of friends um, were aware that uh, this was going on, but uh, not so much the news. Um, I think it was it was only maybe a week or two later that the first really small newspapers in uh, in Greece uh, started sending me messages, and I guess from there. It blew up, but very slowly. It wasn't. Yeah. It was a very gradual process. Uh, you had quite a few Instagram followers, if uh, if I remember correctly. There was quite a few. Um, well, I don't remember the exact amount, but I uh, I tend to be a little not weird, but I I have my my uh, uh, own kind of philosophy with social media, and I do try to stay away uh, if I can, and so. It was my parents that wanted me to have an Instagram account. They created it and I would send them photos and they they would then tell me, oh, you should upload this, you should upload that. And I 
hesitantly did it. And it was from there that uh, I guess it garnered a little bit more attention, but it was never my intention to uh, broadcast the trip. I didn't think it was anything special while I was doing it. Oh, it was very, very special. 48 days, 3,500 kilometers is insane. Okay, so from Germany into Austria and then from Austria into Italy, is that right? Correct, correct. What was the terrain um, like? Well, uh, Austria, uh, southern Germany, Austria, and just the northern part of Italy, they were a little bit tough. Um, I've... There, there were other times where I had mountainous terrain, but it, it was a little bit difficult. Um, and I think the big reward was after I passed the the Alps, I had a day where I had almost 90 kilometers of uh, almost exclusively downhill. Yes. It was, I, I mean, there was never a day that I enjoyed more than that. I had a, I had a pizza, yeah. I had a beer. Oh, and then beautiful. I was just kind of sitting on the on the bicycle and rolling down the hill. That's fantastic. That's my that's my kind of bike ride. I, I should have joined you for that part. <laughs> I think I would have done fine on that one. Ninety kilometers of Daniel. Are you kidding me? Uh, before we talk about uh, you know that last section of getting into Greece, and I don't want to keep you for too much longer because I know you're a busy guy. Um, what were some of the highlights for you of this experience? taking on three and a half thousand kilometers there must have been some really cool moments where where you thought if i wasn't doing this i would never have experienced that um i think i think it's it's a bit of a contrast uh in in your emotions and your feelings that is that was very significant a hill and a view might not appear that special if you're just driving by yeah but if you've done a few hundred and at some point a few thousand kilometers to see it and if you've had a very tough time and if you've been alone to get to that point if the view just you you see it from a different angle um what i found very special was um i i can tell you with a fairly high degree of accuracy, what the terrain is like along the route. I know where the mountains are. I know where it's hilly. I know where it's fairly flat. Um, I know what the vegetation is like, because when you're cycling, you really see things again and again, and you're there for a very long time. Yes. Um, yes. So that, that was very special, but there were isolated moments, um, you know, when, when you're wild camping, when, when you see wild animals, uh, where you get to swim, uh, after a long day um, that uh, were very meaningful and it wasn't something that I realized then so much as in the months that, that followed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, then I think you were just very wrapped up in every day's experience. Some of the lowlights, uh, you've, you've already shared how the journey started. I think that was probably one of the lowest points for you and then it got better from there. Any any other low moments where you thought, ah, what am I doing? Um, yes, when I got to Greece, I had three more days of cycling and I arrived at the port uh, and my family was there and I, I saw them, but it was, I had too much pride to step in the car and drive the 200 kilometers. I had to cycle them. And, and Greece, Greece was very hot and it was very um, mountainous. 
And, you know, after so many days, it really, you know, I knew that I could be at home in two hours. I can shower and I can have Greek food, yeah. but I still have to cycle for two days. And that that was tough. That was tough. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I was upset, but mentally it's it's the most drained I to this day that I felt. That's not odd. Uh, a lot of endurance athletes, and I work in the endurance uh, athletes uh, community, will tell you that the, those last few kilometers, you know, the, if, for instance, at an Ironman, the second half of the marathon is when they're really struggling the most, um, you know, regardless of how hard the bike was. It's that last stretch because that's when the body is now done and now it's all about the heart and the mind. And that's where the test comes. But well done to you for for hanging in there. And and and, and uh, your pride served you well because you made those 200 kilometers. Talk to us about rolling into your hometown and pulling up at, at home. What was that moment like? Um, so, wow, I remember it, it was very funny. I got a flat, I think, less than a kilometer no. before I arrived home. And oh. I was thinking whatever i'm not going to sit and change the flat now i'm just going to cycle home i cycled the last kilometer with a flat tire beaten spent defeated <laughs> but i i did make it home in the end and uh, i had a lot of friends a lot of friends of friends were waiting for me to kind of uh, celebrate the arrival i had the 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 mayor of the the district come to see me and that was wow. a very special moment wow and I think uh, we we celebrate. There, you know, there was there was food. It was a a proper celebration, right? Which which um, the Greeks know how to do. I mean, the Greeks know how to celebrate. So I'm sure it was amazing. Of course, of course. And uh, I think uh, it was it was just disbelief. I couldn't believe that I was home, and yeah. I couldn't believe it for a few a few days after that. You know, there's a lot to be said for you know planning a journey, having a goal. Um, and and starting a goal, but it, there's even more to be said for sticking out all of those hard moments and completing a goal. And I think that's a life lesson that uh, that you've learned from this whole experience. And I think that by sharing your story, you're you're sharing that same intention with anyone who's watching this or anyone that's read your story because it's been all over the news um, of we don't often know exactly where we're going to go to get to the goal or how we're going to get there but at some point you have to just hang in there and you will get to the end goal would you say that's the greatest lesson that you've taken from this whole experience or, or what what would be the lesson that you would share with with somebody else that's facing a challenge from this experience i would say Aim, aim for something that seems unrealistically difficult. And no matter whether you get there or not, you will have stepped outside your comfort zone. You will have achieved something. I think I never thought I was going to make it, but I thought even if I don't do 3,000 and do 300 kilometers, it's still going to be a, a very significant uh, kind of achievement for me. And regarding the planning, the the second hours after the first day all the planning was out the window the fact that i had um planned the the food and and all that that was the only thing that kind of kept me going i had planned for two weeks it went out the window but the the fundamentals i guess stayed with me and that's why i was able to finish it
No, there's a saying that says when men plan the gods laugh so i think that's uh that's possibly true exactly and, uh, exactly and, and and you you hang in there you got you got home and what an achievement absolutely brilliant three thousand five hundred plus kilometers cycling all the way from scotland to greece um parents that that uh, love you and and uh, were so supportive friends that were proud of you but what an achievement uh, really such a privilege to chat to you young man and uh, thank you for sharing your story uh, with us and uh, we we look forward to your next adventure i think you've uh, one upped your grandfather though because he did it on a moped and you've gone further on a bicycle so there's a lot of pressure on the next generation in your family to uh, to to do I, one better i do than think you. so yeah i do think so yeah thank you very much for having me and uh, i guess thank you very much for letting me share my story i hope i hope someone can take something from it absolutely brilliant thank you so much and have a great week thank you you too bye